0: Hello, this is Mr. Sebastian.
1: And Miss Croom.
0: And we're here talking to you about chapter four from A Christmas Carol, which is The Ghost of Christmas Yet To Come. The chapter opens with um, the ghost arriving, and the ghost uh, looks like uh, the Grim Reaper, or what we nowadays call the Grim Reaper. He is uh, tall, he's hooded, and most importantly, he does not speak. He communicates exclusively by pointing Scrooge in the direction of different scenes and different moments. The first thing he points out to Scrooge is the dead body of a man. Now, it's not until the end of this chapter that Scrooge realises that the man is him, but I think a, a particularly savvy reader would work out pretty early on. It's the ghost of Christmas yet to come, ghost of the future, and with circling around a dead body, it's most likely going to be Scrooge's dead body.
1: I think something quite interesting about the fact that he doesn't speak because it sort of emphasises the fact that these, uh, this story is as yet unwritten uh, by Scrooge. Like he can make changes and change the, the way that what, how this happens. Still,
0: mm. uh, yeah, as if to say it's not set in stone. Um, we're we're taken initially down through the streets of London into the central business Ditch- district, where. Scrooge walks past a lot of businessmen who he recognises and who he knows and they're all talking in the streets about this dead man and they're all described physically as looking quite ugly and um, uh, they're they're, they're chinking the change in their pockets and they're fiddling with gold medallions. It shows that they're very arrogant about their wealth um, and they're they're all fat and grotesque and they laugh about this dead man who who they knew and they talk about how cheap he was and how awful he was and most importantly they say they'll only go to his funeral if lunch is being provided. So that's the situation that, that we're in, where this man is so lonely and isolated that even his, the people he knows best through business will only go to his funeral if lunch is provided.
1: But also, doesn't that really remind you of uh, Scrooge in Chapter 1, where he uh, goes to, on Marley's funeral, he did an extraordinary bit of business on the very day of the funeral.
0: Right, so it says he uh, solemnised it with a bargain. He got a bargain for the funeral, which seems to be the case of his own funeral as well. It's going to be extra, extra cheap. The businessmen then uh, part their separate ways. Scrooge uh, tries to ask the the ghost, um, how can these people be so awful that this is terrible? The ghost says nothing. He just points and he takes him through uh, part of London, most likely probably just south of the River West, Shad Thames is nowadays, just south of Tower Bridge, uh, to to a pawn shop um, where uh, people buy and sell stolen goods. In this shop, Uh, there's two women Uh, one of them is uh, mrs dilber who uh, was a maid of scrooges and she's stolen three things from him she's stolen the curtains from around his bed the bed sheets from underneath his dead body and the shirt off his back uh, saying it would be a waste to bury such a man with such a nice shirt
1: so clearly showing that the way that people the people who worked the closest with Scrooge, their lack of respect for him and their reasoning for, for it being that like you know he didn't treat us very nicely when he was alive, so why should we treat him nicely when, once he's dead?
0: In fact, they even say that the best thing about him uh, being so mean and cruel and isolated uh, while he was alive is to pro- profit them uh, now that he has died. So they're actually making profit, they're making money out of his death.
1: And Scrooge still doesn't realise that it's him. Uh, he says to the Ghost of Christmas Future, oh, I see why you're showing me this. You know, the fate of this unhappy man might have been my own. So at this point, as a reader, I think we've probably figured out that it is actually Scrooge. Uh, but he's he's still sort of holding out some hope. Uh, and actually still showing that he's his wanting to change because he's still realising that the message is, you need to change.
0: Hmm. Um, he asks the, the Ghost... Is there any person in this town who feels emotion caused by this man's death? Uh, Which he says, quite agonised. And the ghost takes him to um, a place, um, which is a a rented apartment, uh, where a woman called Caroline lives uh, with her husband, who has no name. It's a really, really short passage, but it would really impress your examiner if you included it. Um it's uh Caroline lives in a place which um, we find out was rented by rented to them by Scrooge. They can't pay the rent anymore, and because they can't pay the rent, it means that um uh, they're, they're they're crying and they're tearful because they think they're going to get evicted. Her husband comes home Caroline's husband comes home and tells uh, her um it turns out the man we owe money to has died, which means wonderful things for us because no one so cruel could have inherited uh, this debt, Uh, which means that Uh, Scrooge must therefore be the worst moneylender, the meanest of moneylenders, and that these people, Caroline and her husband, will actually, at the end of the day, go on to be fine. This, of course, is very painful for Scrooge to hear because he never really sees the receiving end of his uh, miserly nature. He never really sees uh, the effect he has on the people, on the lives of the people he lends money to. But this short little scene, it's only about a page long, of Caroline and her husband, um, show us what it's like to owe money to Scrooge and therefore what it's like to rejoice when he dies.
1: I think it's quite crucial this comes just after Scrooge just says, is there not anyone who feels emotion caused by this man's death? Uh, he's clearly meaning, you know, I want to see someone who's sorry about the fact that uh, this guy's died, but the, the spirit actually shows him someone who's joyful, someone who's happy. Uh, so trying to eventually, once Scrooge has figured out who it is, make him realise, you know, people are not going to mourn you when you die unless you change your ways
0: scrooge then takes us to the cratchit house um where we see the pivotal scene where tiny tim has died and he really has just died he's upstairs uh, on his bed and um bob cratchit sat next to him holding his hand um comes downstairs to see the rest of the family um Just to know that Tiny Tim has died without knowing any particular quotes from there is actually enough. Uh, Scrooge has seen in chapter three that Tiny Tim is ill and he sees in in, um, chapter four that Tiny Tim is dead. And this pushes Scrooge over the edge and it makes him realise that um, if he doesn't mend his ways, if he doesn't help the Cratchit family, then Tiny Tim will die and bring uh, extraordinary sadness on his family.
1: He also makes him realize the utter nonsense nonsense of his earlier statement. Um you know, they'd they rather die. They'd better do it and decrease the surplus population because at that point, the poor were, were just a sort of vague, uh, you know, mass of people to him. They didn't have a face. They didn't have a name. And uh, now he realizes the cruelty of that statement because he's seen the sort of reality of poverty for people, and he's you know f- f- seen a real person who has been affected and has essentially been killed by poverty.
0: Final scene, probably the most important part of chapter four, is when Scrooge is shown his gravestone. Um, He creeps towards it, trembling on his hands and knees, and he sees the neglected grave. Uh, Neglected grave, it's, it's not been looked after, no one's come to visit it, it's overgrown with weeds, and it's described as being very fitting, very apt for a man such as he is, a very worthy grave for a man such as he is. On the grave... He reads his own name and he begs the spirit that he can sponge the writing off this stone. He wants uh, metaphorically to be able to wipe away his name from this stone. He uses uh, two modal verbs. He says, will this be um, uh, the shadows of the future or may this be the shadows of the future? Will suggests the certainty. Is this exactly how I'm going to die and what life will be like or may this be the future, suggesting may I be able to change, may it be possible for me to mend my ways and not have such an unhappy fate as this
1: and we can see as well how he's changed in the attitude his attitude to the ghost so when uh, marley first spoke to him he seemed to be quite dismissive of them he's even trying to say trying to say that um marley wasn't real he was a bit of gravy and not really there when marley says there are three ghosts are going to see you on three separate occasions he said can i not just get them over with all at once and when the first ghost tries to start to show him things he's a bit hesitant but by the second ghost we're already seeing him change we're already seeing him saying to the second ghost uh you know teach me let me profit by it so you know willing to be taught and now at the end of being seen a third ghost he says i will not shut out the lessons that they teach so he's gradually become from going from not really believing that marley was there to begin with uh not really bothering about seeing these ghosts he's we've seen him slowly change in his attitude towards them across the novel
0: mm, that's a really good point that there is a mini essay on its uh, all in itself there Chapter 4 finally ends with Scrooge becoming so upset he's on his knees and he prays, which is interesting because there's, no been, there's been no indication that Scrooge is Christian at all up until this point. And he gets on his knees and he prays, and then he wrestles with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Uh, wrestles with him and, um, uh, and fights with him until eventually the ghost shrinks and dwindles and becomes his bedpost.